A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Hey everybody, David here. Before we get into the creator podcast that Jean, Elisha, and I recorded back in October, right when the film was released in the theaters, this podcast got delayed in editing and we uh, were just never getting around to it. And then it turns out that it's going to be released on the 20th of December for streaming. And we thought, oh, perfect timing. We'll get the uh, podcast finished up and out to you just in time for you to check it out over the holidays. So hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to One Shots, where the Lorehounds, your guides to sci-fi family road trips. I'm David. And I'm Jean. And I'm Alicia. And this is our coverage of the 2023 Gareth Edwards film, The Creator. In this podcast, we're going to have a full conversation about the movie, starting with our spoiler-free hot takes and notes about the production. And after a short break, we'll unlock the full spoiler code as we review the plot and story, plus play a fun new game called Spot the Trope and dig further into the topics and issues that the film brings up. We will wrap up the podcast with some listener feedback before David fills us in on the upcoming programming schedule for the Lorehounds, properly Howard, and updates for the Wool Shift Dust podcast by Alicia. A quick reminder that if you are into what we're doing and you'd like to support us, visit us at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Link in the show notes below. For as little as $3 a month, you can get ad-free versions of all of our podcasts, early access, and a bunch of other exclusive content. Another way you can help out the podcast is to leave us a rating and review. Uh, Apple Podcasts is a great way to help poke the algorithms, which help with our visibility uh, in on the and on the interwebs <laughs> <laughs> or something like that yes <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us you can email us or use the contact page on our website we have a contact form and a voicemail feature send emails to lorehounds at the lorehounds.com any feedback we get for the creator we will drop in our next lorehounds one shot podcast also join us on our discord server we have a fun and welcoming community and we have channels set up for all the different shows and projects that we have going on. Find those links in the show notes. All right. Well, one shots. This is our one-off podcast for shows and movies, even books. I mean, anything that we want to talk about where folks in our Lorehounds extended family, uh, we can get together and, and talk about something. So I think this is the first time the three of us have done a, a one shot. 
it feels like we were just on the, I mean, we literally right. were just on the, on the podcast for, for Loki. That's true. That's true. But this is our first one shot. Yeah, yeah it might be. Yeah. Cool. I think my last one was with John and John. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. I think November and December too, there's a bunch of movies and one-off projects that we don't have any big uh, marquee shows. And so I think we're going to end up doing a bunch of more of the one shots to, to sort of fill out the schedule. So the Marvels, uh, the Marvels. Yeah. Well, Yay. they're definitely doing the Marvels yeah. like that's, but that's a, you know, that's, that's a one-off MCU. Uh, as we don't have like a, a foundation or, a, a, you know, right. Soka or something like right. that. So, okay. For this episode, our spoiler free hot takes are going to lead us off. And then we're going to do a little trailer talk. I don't know if anybody saw any good trailers and we can chit chat about some production stuff, all spoiler free. We'll take a break and then we'll unlock the codes. We'll get in. Uh, we'll we'll start walking the bombs down the pathway <laughs> to you know detonate our uh, opinions about the the show. We'll talk about the story, the plot. We'll play spot the trope, and then yeah, we'll talk about some topics and feedback, um, and we'll get into it. So I don't know. I was thinking about this for for one shot movies or even TV shows, do you guys think we should have a ranking system or should we just like leave it loose and, and have fun with conversations? Ooh. Cause you know, if other people are doing one shots, do we have like a kind of a overall meta ranking or just, you know, do we need more rankings? I, I love ranking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, have- I mean, but then about like just grading individual movies or we come back later and like rank the movies we've discussed. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Anthony and I did, uh, a, uh, I think we'd have to separate out movies and TVs. And I think mm-hmm. Anthony and I earlier did this year did the Wes Anderson film. I don't know. Have we done any other one shots for movies this year? I can't remember. I think we we'll definitely have some more because we're going to have, what's the Zack Snyder Star Wars thing that's coming in December? Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon. That's kind of going to fit into that. I mean, there's yeah. the Napoleon movie. I don't know. I didn't know if, if that was something we wanted to try to try to mess around with, because then we'd have to get everybody, you know, that we do one shots with sort of into the same system. Yeah. We still didn't do Barbenheimer, but I can read oh, them yes. too. <laughs> Gosh, I know. And I, I finally saw Barbie, but I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. I haven't um, seen Oppenheimer. Everybody no. see Barbie? I think Marilyn Did wants you? to see yeah. Barbie. Yeah, yeah, Marilyn. Well, Marilyn was also uh, she was a collector back in the day. So right. I was a collector oh. in like the eighties, nineties, and she was a collector in like I think she said the sixties. <laughs> Very cool! Wow. <laughs> and I know John has seen it, so we we got to see. Yeah, we, yeah. It was just hard this summer, the scheduling and everything. Yeah, now it got crazy in the world. So, mm-hmm. well, we should think about it. We should think about a ranking system, and then uh, maybe chat about it offline and and see if we can come up with it. I've been working in the background. I'm trying to create a new Patreon benefit thing of a show tracking system, you know, with a Gantt chart so that we can see when shows are coming, but then maybe have some sort of aspect for Patreon subscribers that we could have community rankings, you know, mm-hmm. so that way it would, it was kind of compiling. Um, I've got a new, found a new website too, that will uh, do um, uh, calendar entries. So you could subscribe to a calendar and you could see the show times pop up in your calendar and stuff. So kind of trying to pull all that together. It's slow going. Side yeah, you you are like the master of spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> Although Jean, John is quickly overtaking me because his real life job has a lot to do with spreadsheets. So. Yeah. 
I, I do enjoy a good spreadsheet. Google Sheets is. I, I have you know. all respect for it. Like I just, you are impressive. I enjoy a spreadsheet, but uh, you inspire me to, uh, you know, <laughs> to strive for new levels. <laughs> I, I am no, and I'm not into formulas and things like that. That's a whole other level. Like there's a whole other level going on there. Well, maybe we should talk about the movie, given that mm. we're seven minutes into uh, this podcast. <laughs> Let's lead it off with uh, Jean, spoiler-free hot take. Where are you on the creator? I like the movie. You like the movie? I did. Okay. Movie. I'm a sucker. Not going to lie. Yeah. I like the movie. I like um, John David Washington. So he yeah. Was yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was really, he was really awesome. Um, and I think that's the, re- that's the main reason why I like the movie. I think he pulled me into his character. Uh-huh. Um, and I was really um, open I kind of, I, I don't normally go in wanting happy ending, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted a happy ending. Okay. Do you, do you feel it was a happy ending or no? Which, where do you think it fell? Uh, you know, when I, when I first watched it, before I thought about it, I almost had a tear, but then I caught myself and said, no, we're not going to cry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Get back upside. Get back inside my head. Tears. No, <laughs> no tears will be dropped. Um, and I, it was very sad in the moment. Mm-hmm. But when I look back on it, yeah, I kind of think it was a, it Happy. was the best possible ending. Yeah, that could have happened, especially for Alfie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still fifty fifty on happy sad, but okay. I'm kind of almost leaning towards best possible, like Candida's the best possible of, of all worlds, right? And I think that's where the movie has it. Right. Cool. So would you uh, would you recommend it to somebody? Yes, I would. Okay. Yes, I don't think anyone, it's not something that I would tell you, go right now and go buy a ticket and watch the creator. Uh-huh. But given what we've had this past year, if you told me, hey, I think I'm going to go check out the creator. So I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, I think you should. Okay. Would you pay full ticket price or would you tell somebody to wait for streaming? I would tell them to pay full ticket price because visually it's stunning. Right. You know, it's a big screen. Right. Mm. Matinee yeah. or full price? I'm, I'm a matinee Do they even guy. do matinees anymore? Some some places. They do okay. here. All yeah, right. Some places. I'm a matinee guy. If you can get in for cheap, whatever the movie is, get in for cheap. Right. So <laughs> you'll get your popcorn, get your, you know, your water. If it's a 12 o'clock matinee, 11.30, do it. Right. But definitely, I would tell somebody. If they were, I wouldn't say, hey, go see this. But if someone was saying, I'm thinking about seeing it, like, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. All right, Alicia, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I if you take this movie apart, aspects by aspect, I think most of it was just superlatively great. However, the one thing that it really fumbled for me is the most important thing, which is Uh the writing. Okay. But, you know, to touch on the good stuff, uh, the visuals, indeed, like they make it worth seeing. I almost never see movies in the Dolby Theater because it costs more, but it just so happened that like timing wise, it it worked out the best. So, and I was really glad that I did, not just because of that, but also because of the sound. Um, Uh Uh-huh. I, I just shared a Mashable article with you guys, an uh, interview yep. with um, the director, and he was talking also about how the sound, yeah, was very carefully crafted to evoke an emotional response, and that was that was very effective and cool. Um, the cast was great, 
The acting was great across the board. No weak acting anywhere. But yeah, the writing, we had, the plot was transparent. There were (laughs) nods to a lot of themes, but like the exploration of them was very shallow. Um, And so it was frustrating that it wasn't living up to, it looks like this A++ movie. Um, and it wasn't quite living up to that. Uh, I, yeah, I went in, I, I thought it was going to be something like Neil Blomkamp's, one of my favorite directors. Yes, and I thought totally it totally had that vibe, right? I thought it was going to be something like his District 9, but it was more like something like his Elysium, which is the movie mm-hmm. I wanted to like because it has my name and Jodie Foster. <laughs> uh, but it was clear that like the studios just interfered too much and it became an empty shell of his other movies. And this is right. what this felt like just a beautiful, beautiful, I want all the stills as posters, but yeah, we'll talk more about the plot. Can I call you out your note here that I saw that you have on the end of your thing here that Edwards needed Gilroy on the writing side? I like that. Yes, Yes, that (laughs) would have been these two. I mean, I know he has another partner who he works with, but I think these two, like they made Rogue One together and I would have loved to have seen, you know, and or level scripting with everything that this movie did have going for it, which is a lot. Garth visuals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. David? Yeah. I was profoundly disappointed in this movie. I went in, I, you know, maybe that's whatever. I went in with high expectations. I loved the trailer. I loved the visual look, just like you were saying, Alicia, with District 9 and Elysium. Like those are... It really was fitting into that that visual style, and so I was super excited. the The trailers and the the still shots coming out, the the uh, the way that the AI and the robots looked that looked really interesting and innovative. Uh, what's the oh gosh, what's I'm sorry the the, the name of the the lead actor John David John Washington. David Washington. Right. Sorry, he's great. I enjoy him in stuff uh, a lot, and so I was really looking forward to this. And I saw the plot in the first opening scene. I was, I knew exactly, Farkin alert. Uh, <laughs> I knew exactly, well, not exactly. I, I had yeah. strong, strong, strong suspicions right. about what and what and what was going to happen in the story. And then I just kind of had to sit there through the rest of the movie, watching it unfold and watching a lot of overblown tropes around, you know, military and, uh, you know, special forces and, you know, you know, you know, the, one of the ones that gets me all the time is if like people are sneaking around and somebody holds up a fist to indicate to like, stop the line, you know, this is the, or the, the general with the big glasses and the, the big, big hat, you know, stomping around, rah, rah, rah. It just, got painful for me at that point. Cause again, I, I got disinvested in the story and we talked about this in our wheel of time coverage our season wrap up. It's noticeable that if you are disinvested in the plot, you're going to start picking the, you're going to start picking more nits right. in be it visuals, be it plotting, be it script, be it acting, whatever it is, you're just going to, you know, be there. So Which that was for, me just for the, for the record. Uh, yes. I did not feel about the wheel of time. Just saying, <laughs> <laughs> just in case no, anyone you, doesn't listen to that coverage. Wheel of I time. Think there's any confusion there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was really disappointed visually. It's gorgeous. And, and I was really hoping to see something from Gareth Edwards that 
wasn't a you know thing where somebody else was brought in, stepped in, however Rogue One went down. I was really excited to see you know his vision. And from what I've seen and read about the the production, it sounded like they did a real guerrilla style and they had a lot of fun shooting it. And yeah, I I was disappointed. I was profoundly disappointed. So Yeah, I mean the shooting it part was great. That's yeah. not the problem. Yeah. I, I loved the way that they flipped it in terms of where the action was taking place on mm-hmm. the world, on our earth, and highlighting some, you know, different places and some different political interactions. The world that they constructed made a lot of sense. So it was all, everything around it was great. It, and then the writing and the basic plot just was not there for me. So. Mm. Okay. That's the way it is. <laughs> that's how so, it is. Yeah, and and I mean, I think there's some great stuff to talk about uh, about the the, the show, uh, and I think I'm hopeful that this is going to be one of those productions that moves the needle a little bit in terms of how films get shot or what is available for people to make and opening up the space a little bit because it sounds like they did it in a really interesting way. But let's let's get into production stuff in a little bit. Um, just before we switch over there. Trailer talk. Did you guys get any trailers at all? I got no trailers. Uh, really? In my showing. Yeah. I was in an empty movie theater. It was a, I was at a local little movie theater. It was a, gosh, was it a Sunday night at a nine o'clock showing? Uh, it was in one of the medium-sized theaters that we, we rooms that they have. And it was empty. It was just me oh. and no trailers. And they just fired it up and wow. that was it. So. Wow. Nothing um, interesting for me. No nothing trailers for you? No trailers. At, nothing interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I mean, I was, I, do, I have a tendency to get to the movie theater the last second. I know how to time it. So <laughs> I tend to walk in as the last trailer's playing. So nice. I don't, I'm not really That's sure. That's a skill. That's a skill. <laughs> it's always, this theater's predictable. It's always about 10 minutes. Um, but this, yeah, so I, I don't know exactly what they played, but I do have to say my experience was, was completely different because I did watch it opening night in the Dolby oh, Theater. Wow, okay. So nice, it was... Okay. It was sold out. Wow. What was the wow. what was the vibe of the of the wow. audience? Yeah. Um, okay, so well, one thing that happened was some uh, drunk young men showed up, and the usher almost didn't let them in, but somehow they ended up talking their way. And I'm like, because I saw them out uh, out front when I was ticketing, right? And so the, they came in, and of course they were sitting right b- behind me. Of course, and, oh. <laughs> and there was like a big group of them, and they were obnoxious for like a couple minutes, and then they fell really silent, and then they just like kind of shuffled out halfway through. Oh um, wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. Well, we um, can't take anything that they do uh, no, as, no, as no, uh, no. indicative. But I think I think it was generally, you know, a more subdued audience. Okay. Okay. Maybe if there if it had been a bit more of a ripper, they probably like an aliens esque right. energy. They probably would have stuck around. But there was yeah, no I think it was the, the it was a more grounded than I thought it was going. Right. Mm, it was. Yeah. It wasn't as fantastical, right? As these stories tend to get. Right. Right. So they told it a, a really grounded story for me. And again, to both of your points, like the acting in this was really, I thought they did, they were great. Right. Um, but 
yeah, I, I went into it not thinking it was going to be like this grand um, adventure, mm-hmm. right? And I was happy that it wasn't. I was happy it wasn't terminated. Okay. Type mm. of explosive um, sets from the get go. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we could talk about that a bit later. But yeah, okay. I, I was generally happy with it having a more grounded tale, um, a story that you know is, is kind of believable, given the times that we. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think the the phrase "grounded" uh, is uh, ap- applicable ap- applicable to uh, what we're we're talking about here. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I don't want, high fantasy is not the right word for it, but the 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 fate of the world wasn't at stakes here. Evil Sauron yeah. or whatever yeah. it was. It, uh, it was political in in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, it was about genocide. It was a guy yeah. that you know yeah. coming to eradicate all right. mankind. Yeah, right. And I thought that was a a, a good way to tell an AI robot story mm-hmm. um, that doesn't involve, you know, the future of mankind being in peril. Right. Mm. So I thought that was a, a really cool twist on the side. Well, we'll we can talk about that when we get that. yeah to, okay, okay. to later in the topics and stuff. <laughs> Uh, let's kick the ball around a little bit about production. Uh, the director and writers, Gareth Edwards, who did Rogue One and Monsters, which was in 2010. So it doesn't feel like he's done a lot. Uh, do you do you know a lot? Yeah, hasn't Alicia about his career? I mean, those he's done other movies, but those are the two kind of biggest ones. Monsters was his breakout as an indie horror movie. I don't know if anyone. I actually remember it vividly, oddly enough, but it's about there's like a plague takes over the world that create monsters and these people get stuck in Mexico and are trying to get back to the States. And anyway, yeah, it was a decent movie. And then, of course, yeah, Rogue One, there's a controversy where Tony Gilroy basically took over and we don't know how much was Gareth Edwards and Chris Weiss and how much of the final product was Gilroy. But then you see right. Andor and you're like, hmm, that's looking very yeah, Gilroy. Like Gilroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Chris Weiss, um, he's yeah, a, a frequent partner. So they co-wrote. So Gareth, Gareth mm-hmm. Edwards and Chris Weiss uh, co-wrote this and Gareth uh, directed it. Yeah. Well, yeah. They sort of, they partner together a lot. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, Chris White's his early career is, you know, kind of very lighthearted comedies like Ants, American Pie, about a boy. And and then the, maybe reasons why I don't trust him with a script is, um, I don't know if you guys know the Golden Compass adaptation yeah. that came out with like Nicole oh, Kidman God. and yeah, the that bad was, version. His yeah. Dark Materials on HBO, watch that TV series. Yeah. That's the good adaptation. Okay. But he did the bad. He did the bad one, yeah. And also the bad adaptation of Pinocchio that came out last year that was nominated. He was nominated for a Razzie for it. Uh, but he did also do the pretty good uh, Kenneth Branagh directed Cinderella okay. from 2015. And yeah, um, so we'll see. I, I think it, we'll see, next year he has a horror movie coming out from Blumhouse called They Listen, okay. and that's all him. Like. It's okay. his baby, so we'll really see what he can do on his own. Okay, he's getting a lot of at bats, but uh, not a yeah. lot of not a lot of good hits. Okay, so the casting was 
pretty good. I mean, John David so Washington, uh, Gemma or Gemma Chan. I'm not sure how to pronounce her first name. I'd say Gemma. Cause Gemma. I, yeah. I haven't seen her before, so I didn't recognize oh. her. Oh, she's, oh, she's in a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. she's also has two roles in Marvel, including, uh, did yeah, you see Eternals? Eternals? No, he hasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't seen it. I did not. Um, what is Crazy Rich Asians, Eternals, the creator, humans, don't worry, yeah, Captain Marvel. Is, she's mm-hmm. coming up in Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, she was, uh, she was the one Marvels. of the Kree, so she was blue in that one. Okay, all right, cool. She's got some solid uh, credits here, so that's cool. I guess I just didn't recognize her without Kree uh, makeup <laughs> on, though. <laughs> Ken Watanabe, I love that guy. He yeah. could he could read the phone book, and I'd I'd be enthralled with him. But I don't feel like I got enough of him. Mm. He was yeah, he was just sort yeah, of this element yeah. that came in and out, and, yeah. and yeah. wasn't a core yeah. story. Agree, agree so. with that. Allison Janey, I, I didn't. I, she did a great job, but I didn't really buy her. Well, I mean, is that a good job? I don't know. I mean, she was she was acting. <laughs> well, I just think the character was kind of paper thin. Yeah. She didn't have a, she was, she was, she, didn't, she wasn't given much to do. Yeah. Very mustache twirling. Yeah. Mm. Just be the, the villain that we all want you to hate. Right. Yeah. Right. She did well at it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, she was acting. She was putting yeah. her, putting herself into it. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think there was any dimensionality to the no. character. Amar yeah. Chanda Patel. He's probably best known for the Willow uh, TV show. Okay. R.I.P. May uh, may it rise again for two more seasons. <laughs> and he also he was in the first season of Wheel of Time, uh, but then he left to do the Willow role. So oh no, oh wow. yeah. oh no, <laughs> <laughs> he was he was the original Ingtar. Wow, he oh, would have been a wow. good Ingtar. Yeah, he been good. Yeah. So. Again, this was weird because he was in it, but then he wasn't, right? He well, was- I, see, the thing is, because I recognized him, yeah. when, as soon as we saw that first replicant with his face die, I'm like, oh, no, they're not done with him. And then another face of his <laughs> pops up. And I'm like, ah. And then we've got uh, Madeline Yuna Voiles. Kudos to her. Yeah, so this was her first movie, and she was seven years old Gosh. while filming this. Wow. Gosh. Gosh. wow. She was awesome. Yeah, she was incredible. She was awesome. A lot of presence on screen. So, so she was, yeah, she, she has a future. <laughs> yeah, she sure. has a future in this game of acting. And then it looks like we had Danny McBride as uh Yeah. And yeah, the cast well. was just, uh, I think, a lot more people that, a lot more names that people would recognize. Right. Yeah. There were a lot of little bit parts um, for, for folks. So it was a, a deep, deep uh, cast given what they did. Mm-hmm. And then for filming and the visual effects, uh, they, uh, we got an email about this from Shane, but so what they were basically shooting with a single camera and just running it gorilla style and running around to all different parts of the world somehow. I don't, did, mm. did anybody read more about this? I didn't. I mean, I don't know. They In that Mashable article that mm-hmm. I shared, they were telling crazy stories also about them kind of like they were trying to film reference footage by area 51, not necessarily for this, for something else. And then um, they ended up getting chased out by these grids <laughs> <Nice>. of lights. <laughs> and um, the, that's what inspired the lights on the nomad ships. Okay. Wow. You mean the, okay, well, yeah, we, yeah. we're still in spoiler free, yeah, so yeah. we don't want to <laughs> blow anything up here. Uh, that's very cool. That's, I mean, it, it's cool. It's, it's a great story from a filmmaker, yeah. you know, from a run and gun style filmmaker. 
Uh, but we'll read that uh, email later. But ba- yeah, basically, they had a mostly shot on a single camera, and in in a, for a lot of stuff was I guess some other stuff they did some you know they had some other cameras, but you know they they kept it really simple and kept it fast and, and lean. Which, given the sumptuousness of the sets, places they were. It was incredible what they accomplished, and then they they just shot the hell out of it, and then took it all back, and then did all the the VFX in post, uh, and kept it real simple. So they didn't do a lot of green screen screen stuff and and weird suit things. I don't know how anybody get the the numbers on how well it did at the box office. Disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it should have done better, even though Here I. We are. Even though I'm not happy about the writing, it should have done better than it did. So Looks like it a lot- had a 80 million budget and a box office of 63.9. So yeah, oof. so you have to wonder how much oof. is you know the actors can't promote. Um, That's true. It's a good right. point. Uh, how much is just like general movie fatigue? I mean, I don't want to believe that it needs to be a major franchise to get people to the theater. But then again. Uh, it ended up getting kind of tepid reviews because of the writing. So right, let's see what's on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty-seven uh, with an audience score of seventy-six. So the audience that, liked it yeah. more than the, the yeah. critics. That that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that yeah, like that has a lot to do with the the good cast and the visual effects that they they were sold. So I think it's going to stream well. Okay, I think once people can like sit down and watch it in their home. Uh-huh. Um, whichever, whichever. Someone was just saying that to me today. I was, I watched, I watched this week, I watched Oblivion because I'd seen it compared to this movie. Really? And I'll just say the comparison's quite apt. And did you put it in, in your spot, the tropes list? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so I was talking to, I, I didn't enjoy Oblivion. I, I actually, it made me appreciate the creator more. And my friend was saying, wow. like, well, I just like the pretty pictures. I'm like, oh, then definitely go see the creator. And he's like, well, yeah, when it comes out in streaming. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I think it'll be a good streaming mill because it's it, it it sets itself up as a complex plot, but it's not. And uh, I think it's an easy watch and you could just sit back and in, enjoy it. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Uh, Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will get into the plot and story and start breaking things down and uh, see where that takes us. So we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Okay, here's our spoiler warning. We're going to start getting into the plot and storyline. We're going to play Spot the Trope, and then we'll start talking about some of the topics and issues that the movie brings up before we get into a little bit of feedback. Here's a synopsis that I got off of a Google search. The AIs helped me (laughs) synopsize the AI movie. As a future war between the human race and artificial intelligence rages on, ex-Special Forces agent Joshua is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, the elusive architect of advanced AI. The creator has developed a mysterious weapon that has the power to end the war of all mankind. As Joshua and his team of elite operatives venture into enemy-occupied territory, they soon discover the world-ending weapon is actually an AI in the form of a young child. 
Right. Alicia, how are you with this plot? Did you find this plot interesting, compelling? Did it take you anywhere? Did it do anything interesting for you? The skeleton of it is okay, mm-hmm. predictable enough. But yeah, it, the problem was just in in all of the details of the, you know, they just leaned time after time on what is the easy tropey answer to, you know, why why is he does he hate them because you know be, because there there was a bombing when he was a child uh why does i don't know and and they ignore things like you know the fact that when you live with a community like that for mm-hmm. i don't know how long he lived with them when he was getting to know his wife that has got to have an effect on the way you see things and they don't touch on that at all they just completely ignore that like apparently he was just being fake to them and hating them the whole time which doesn't make him very likable as a character. That's a good point. I did like the idea that they built in the world of these communities that are living together quite in a, in a quite integrated way. But yeah, the they didn't deal with much of that at all. Uh, Jean, the basic plot for you, how did it... Uh... it? It was fine. Here's my thing. It was a brand. It's a brand new IP, right? Mm-hmm. You are you expecting more out of this world? No, not okay. with this movie. Okay, I'm just expecting the groundwork of this world. If they the, took the, this world and did more storytelling in it, I would watch it. So would for I? Sure, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, would I. I would be definitely be curious. Yeah, I would definitely watch it. But I think they the building blocks are there. But somebody else can write it. Yes, I I, I don't have a problem with somebody else writing. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think like the building blocks, the structure that they've laid down, the foundation <laughs> that they've laid down is is something that I'd be interested in, in seeing built out. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a house that I would like to visit when it, the house is being constructed so I can see what the interior design is going to be like. Like I, I, I'm big on HGTV. I like watching that stuff. I like to see, <laughs> I like to see how houses are built. I like to I, I would watch how this house was built and I would like to see the finished big reveal of the product. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was okay. I, I don't think I went into it with, again, grand expectations mm-hmm. aside from, I really wanted it to work because I really want new IPs right. to be out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what, to what Alicia said, my fear is, I don't want folks to only go to cinema to watch things that they know about. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to be able to go to a movie that I don't know. Right. I don't know these characters. I don't know this world. Pull me in. It's not from a book. It's not from a comic. It's not from a movie that was done, you know, 70 years ago. This is something totally brand new. And for that, I was okay the plot. Was it then? Absolutely. Yeah, it was. You know, I can, but I can point back to, I want to give it a chance to breathe. Like, I'm going to watch this movie again. Uh-huh. Like, when it, when it comes out, to, when it comes out on streaming, I'm going to watch it again. And I want to see if I feel anything different from when I watched it the first time. Because I'm definitely going to see it again. So that's where I'm at. Okay. For me, the plot just fell apart in the first five minutes. It was 
obvious that Maya was the person that they were after and that you know her pregnancy was related to the the AI and even though it wasn't a one to one it was a you know it it puts John David Washington into the position of being a parent it it just it was right there on screen i i didn't try i wasn't trying to <laughs> you know figure out what the plot was i was ready just to go for it and then i was like oh 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 and then the rest of the movie the plot the twists the the turns of the story the fact that it was an ai kid that has magic powers that can just mm. you know stick his hand out right. stick their hand out and and turn off things stick our hands together stick our hands okay sorry stick our hands together like, it's, it's, it's been a little it's it's been you know, a minute since we saw the movie there so are levels to this day that she's put our hands together in prayer bro. <laughs> 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 this ai this ai is praying to the lord <laughs> to turn off the machine. <laughs> turn off the machine. Think about it. Think about it. We, we this is a deep dive. A deep yeah. dive. I, <laughs> I have some questions about how technology works. Like at the other time, the character's checking what is up in her head and just kind of sticks like, I don't know, the creator equivalent of a sonic screwdriver into oh. the gap in her head. And then is like, Ooh, this is advanced tech. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. What are you reading? What, what are you what doing? Is what is all this circuitry about? What is going on? These wires. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks cool as hell. The positron the brain. Was, but yeah. A positron brain. What is this? <laughs> but I, and I think, but again, I'm, I'm cool with all of that because, this is a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be fleshed out in the way that a second or third potential, you know, go at this world would probably be. Mm-hmm. Like, these are questions that you're going to have. Like, okay, why is this this way? Maybe they don't have the answers for that in this movie. But was it worth my two hours and change to watch it yeah i said for me it was for me it Mm. was given all the given the thinness and everything because i'm not disagreeing with you guys on the plot right i'm not disagreeing with it but i'm just okay with it alpha omega it's what did they go was that alpha o is what they called it i was like oh i just put my my hands in my face and i was just like oh really we're we're doing that we're we're just we're not calling it alpha omega we're not calling it ao we're calling it alpha o what what is that i i just did not understand the uh it was it was so thin i'm sorry Um, so can I tell you what, uh, you know, you've got me thinking about if there were more films in this world. And so I thought of a film that I would like to see in this world. Okay. Um, I would like to see, cause I thought it was cool. Just like they had this concept, like the rough sketches of the world were cool. You know, they mm-hmm. have, um, they have something called new Asia. They never explain what, what is. that is or yeah, how right. it came to be or why everyone seems to be able to understand every Asian language. But so I would like to see that. That would be yeah. like, I would like an origin film and I would like it written by Asian writers. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, have Gareth Edwards do the cool camera stuff and the, you know, the, get the VFX team back that did this right. because that right. was all great. Get the cast back. Plurkin. I think that would be a fleshed out world would be really, really a good thing to 
try to do. We'll probably never see it, mm-hmm. but that would be a, a a great start. Yeah, I think that's disappointing too. Because if I knew that this was part of some sort of you know startup of a franchise, I may like you, Jean, given it a little bit more latitude and right. uh, let them build the world for me and go. Okay, yeah, you know, simple simplified plot, and I I could I get what's supposed to be engaging about the plot. It just feels like I've seen. This movie over and over again. You know, I've seen parts of this movie and, and and other things. It just didn't feel like they gave the 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 script any any depth or complexity to it. Agreed. But but yeah, the world was was fascinating. Did the did the twist that the AI uh, that the the nuclear detonation in LA that it was a, a coding error? Did that surprise you guys at all? Did that do anything for you, Alicia? I mean, I it was very predictable, and um, I, you know what did it for me more was seeing um, when they were at the beginning of the movie. You know, he was on a cleanup crew in this area, right? And they discovered um, an AI person who was just crying and calling out for uh, his wife or something, and um, and yeah, just and the the partner who was who was there with him uh, on the cleanup crew was just like really emotionally affected by it. That for me was one of the most emotionally affecting moments. Uh, finding out the twist, I, the only the the thing that made me like like it better was I just think about it as like a 1984 tribute, you know, where the government's always telling you that you're being bombed by the enemy just to keep you in line. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think. Um- I knew the twist. I knew there was there was something that was not being said that they were not responsible for the bombing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, nah, they didn't do it. I, I don't know how they're going to say they didn't do it, but they didn't do it. Yeah. I thought the saying that it was a coding error was mm-hmm. weird. Just say that they bombed them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a... They bombed them. They, mm-hmm. they let loose a nuke for whatever purpose to start this war, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that would have been, for me, that, that would have held more weight than to just simply say it was a coding mistake. It was a mistaken mm. thing. You know, it didn't do anything for me in terms of like, wow, that's a great twist. But right. the twist worked for me inside of this story where this story was at. I didn't have a problem with it relative to everything else in the thing. It made sense in a way. Right. Um, and I think it, you were talking before about how this it was a grounded script. This is a very, there is a lot of political stuff in there in terms of Tons. like nomad and uh, sort of hedge, can I say it? <laughs> Hegemony. <laughs> Thank you. Hegemony <laughs> of, you know, the North Americans and not, it's not even colonialism. It's, it's, it's this sort of security and control thing. We're mm. going to, we're going to dominate the global space so that we maintain our safety. We're not necessarily going to colonize you or explicitly exploit you, but we're going to not, our security is going to run overshot over your health and well-being. And, and what is also, go ahead. I was to say, it's also about like uh, the propaganda to get you fearing the other so that you're obedient and, you know, supporting whoever wants to be in charge. Yeah. And also the, the, the bombing is very reminiscent of what the U S did in Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos. Sure. Um, during the sixties the and early seventies, 
um, the indiscriminate, you know, bombings of, of cities and villages who hid, quote unquote, Viet Cong or communists. And this is in the same vein. You know, I think the general even said that we're we're not we're not at war with the people of New Asia. We're just at war with the the terrorists or the the people who inflicted the the harm on us, which is what we heard in Afghanistan, you know, twenty years ago. So it's you know in that vein of of American military power being able to you know uh, enact this sort of violence on on populations indiscriminately. And mm-hmm. I thought they captured that very well. I think um, we were going to do the spot the trope game, but I think I'm going to kick it down because we're kind of starting to talk about a bunch of the issues that the film brings up, which I think are interesting things, even though maybe the plot wasn't great. The film does bring up a bunch of stuff. And so you know, this idea of, of uh, the global politics and AI and robotics. And, and so as you're talking, Jean, I was thinking about, well, you know, there's a part of this world where people have made peace with and are deeply integrated with um, AI. And um, what did they call the, 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 were they, they weren't robots. What were they? Replicants? It's been a while. Uh, Apologies, uh, listeners. Uh, we, yeah. we all saw this movie like a week ago, more than a week ago. So. More than that. Yeah, yeah uh, no, replicants is what they're called in Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have to find out the, the word. Yeah, I forget. But go ahead with your thought. Yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting world setup that they that they gave us. And I, you know, now that we're on the verge of a, an AI revolution at least in work and productivity, you know, for white collar work and who knows how that's going to step down. I I well, read- I mean, of course that's already been fact uh, affecting like factory work and things like that, so Sure. Yeah. We have robotics there, right? Which mm-hmm. are hard programmed. What happens suddenly if those uh, robot assembly lines have a, have a little bit more AI built into them? I just saw the other day that uh, in the latest uh, update to Microsoft Windows 11, that it's got a bunch of AI built into the operating system to be an assistant to help you with a, a bunch of stuff. So Clippy is actually getting a brain as opposed mm-hmm. to a, a bunch of you know uh, hard-coded responses. So I thought that the film overall brought up an interesting, this interesting question of what does it mean to be human in a world that looked like that? Simulant. Simulant, that's what what it was. They're called simulant. Thank you. Right. Okay. I think it even draws even a, a brighter highlighting line underneath this question of what does it mean to be AI? What does it mean to be human? If you're a simulant, Right? What is that? You're simulating, right? And and they keep saying right. that in the movie throughout yes, the movie, they do. right? They do, yes, yes. And I think one one thing that I will note was that this idea of New Asia and being in harmony mm-hmm. with the simulant, okay, as opposed to our Western culture, um, a lot of times in the shots of New Asia, mm-hmm. it was very rural natural yes right mm-hmm. like and i hate that yeah that's one thing that i hate um i'm sorry i know we we're kicking the tropes down but i couldn't no um, no it's all right yeah. well the, I, I, because it's in line with what we're talking about right right it, yeah, yeah, yeah one yeah. thing that i hate 
that Western filmmakers do this romanticized version mm-hmm. of the other, right? right? Being in tune with nature and being, you know, more grounded literally, right? <laughs> you know, as opposed to our highfalutin, high tech um, ways that, you know, some of the most advanced cityscapes are in Asia, right? Exactly. Now. Currently. Right. Currently. Right. Yeah. right now. Where they've and got some of the most interesting this. architecture. And yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of the cleanest, and well-run cities are, are, are there. So. You know, fastest trains that yes. you know, right. can get to Washington and New York in an hour where it takes Amtrak, you know, four right. and a half. Right, right. But it's ridiculous. That's another thing. Anyway. But, so, yeah. but to be fair, the Americans were yeah. also a caricature, so. That's oh, yeah, true. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, I with the hard-headed know. general and uh, Alice yeah. and Janie's character. Like, yeah. We're going to kill really you a all. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Is it really a caricature? <laughs> well. Uh, you know, I, I'm coming from, I, I, is it really a caricature, given the history of, American foreign policy. I mean, I think I think that we're dangerously close. I mean, yeah, I don't want to veer into a current political conversation, yeah. but I think the U.S. is dangerously close. Right, right. So, I just I just wish that you know some of that would have been taken out of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, to show the cohesion between folks. I think when they went to where were they? in the city that they um, almost caught Joshua. Was that in the factory? Or? In the factory. It was the factory, right? Okay. I can't remember. It's kind I of think remember. it was the factory. And it yeah. was, you know, it was very dark. You know, it, it wasn't the city at night almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I kind of want different takes by our films on places that are not Western um, identifiable. Right. That's my rant. Yeah. <laughs> we started to talk about it, but let's talk a little bit more about magic <laughs> in our science fiction. I love it. You loved it. All right. Yeah. Come on, guys. I, I mean, I love I it. I mean, I think, you know, it was supposed to be science. Like, she just knows how to instinctively hack into the Wi Fi and you know, yeah, get, into the uh, get on the wavelength and, of any machine and mm-hmm. get its parts to move, ignite. I just felt that that was one more weak element in the in the storyline. They didn't explain okay. it all. Her powers, it was this, yeah. yeah, it was just this holy ability that, you know, that the AI had had created. And they 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 didn't talk about how it arrived there or what it does. It was just given to us as is, kid praise and things turn mm-hmm. off. And yeah. Do you think it, that was meant to be re- seen in a religious light? I know Jean was always. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I do the praise. No, I, think I mean, I, I think I didn't see it that way myself because that's not my framework. But as soon as Jean said it, I'm like, oh yeah. Right. I, I thought sense. it was. I, maybe I'm wrong that it was deliberate, but as a you know reformed, not even reformed, as a lapsed Catholic, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I thought it was very religious in in the way that she. Turn things off. I, I think yeah. for me, part of the disappointment was that there was a lot of hard, quote unquote, hard sci-fi in this movie, where we've got, you know, the, we've got robots, we've got simulants, we've got AI, we've got this nomad thing flying around, computer coat, whatever, and then oh, magic, 
right? You know, don't question it. And it it really was a, a disconnect for me between between the two Why? things. Yeah. Because Why? I wanted, I wanted this. The show was dealing in so much hard sci-fi stuff. I mean, for me, I, I see it as hand wavy, literally hand literally. wavy, hard, right. <laughs> literally. <laughs> hard sci-fi. But I, I definitely didn't interpret it as magic. Uh, but a cool thing that I wanted to say about yeah. Nomad, though, um, since you mentioned it, yeah. is that apparently, you know, we got that. It, it was one of the most visually striking aspects of the movie. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was um, a constant throughout the film, right? Yeah. So right. we were yeah. waiting for it to strike. A, very, a hulking yeah. fe- a threat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently it was first going to be a ring around the entire planet. Okay. Oh. And so the ring would just like adjust. Uh, but then they decided it would be better to be more mobile like this. So they designed it to look like a bird of prey. Mm-hmm. Which you see like that head and triangular shape. So yeah, I just I have to give I I have to give kudos to this. I do think that uh, they took a lot of design cues at, as did the film Oblivion from um, In the Loop. I'll bring that up in the trope section. But okay, yeah, it did it did have a very uh, strong. It it gave me a lot of Elysium vibes as well. Yeah, um, for and, better and worse, Elysium yeah, looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a. A great way to visually represent foreign, you know, uh, power, uh, projecting power uh, uh, around the world, and reminding right. everybody who right. the mm-hmm. alpha dog is. Uh, we do that with, uh, at least, yeah, the United States does that with its fleets and its aircraft carriers. Right. You know, if an aircraft carrier shows up somewhere, then you know that, you know, policymakers back in Washington D.C. are serious about an issue. So I thought it was a, a really good device. It, it worked well. And, and it was constant sort of countdown. Like, okay, here it comes. Right now the, right. the clock is ticking and the, the hero's got to move because the, the big lights, the big crosshair lights are, are coming for you. So mm-hmm. I, I, it'd be interesting. I have to read the, the story uh, about what happened when they were at Area 51 and they got lit up by something yeah. like that. I mean, I, I need more of that story. Like, what were they doing? Like, they just thought that they could sneak up on Area 51 with a camera? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as they stayed out, I suppose, yeah. you know, there's, there's no nothing illegal yeah. about it. So Many people have tried. Yeah, they have. <laughs> so many people have tried. But I, little, I agree. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the character that John David Washington was playing, Joshua, and this whole thing uh, with Maya and the child. So we're talking about love and surrogacy, uh, grief, um, and then how that plays into sort of creativity and, and destruction. I thought the idea that they were playing with about love and surrogacy was really interesting. I remember talking once to a fellow parent who whose children are adoptee or you know are adopted and he said they're mine I don't care biology or not like the moment that we became a family that was it I was their parent end of story kind of um, thing and I thought that was a really interesting way it was he was all in and mm-hmm. it was all encompassing for him and it had the same sort of profound psychological change that somebody who has a you know a live biological birth, you know, might respond in the same way. We think of, oh, well, hormones flip and, you know, all these kinds of things. And it's like, no, there's, it can be extended beyond that. And it doesn't have to be something that's biological. 
But didn't they kind of cheat by making it like an AI version of his actual child? Like that kind of... Well, but I think that's what was interesting was that they did, you know... I mean, they're kind of cheapened, you know, because then it's not really... It's not, you know, uh, an adopted child that you learn to love. It's like, oh, wait, no, actually, this is my own child. Yeah, yeah. There were, there are, you know, genetics that make Alfie part of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a way that, uh, you know, it wouldn't have been if she was a simulant. Because mm-hmm. she's more than a simulant. Right. Right. She's more than a simulant because she actually has human DNA mm. as part mm-hmm. of her existence. Mm-hmm. So she's much more than, she's more simulant. She's more than a simulant and she's more than a human. She's something else. Right. Right. Which, it, it's interesting to then butt this movie up against Blade Runner and talk about replicants and mm. were replicants. You know, they were born in a tank, but they were born from human DNA, DNA. at some point, mm-hmm. right? They right. were engineering uh, DNA and then fusing that. Well, they were doing mechanical stuff in, in other places, uh, but at least I would assume with replicants that they were, quote unquote, flesh and blood through, you know, all the way through. There wasn't huh. an exoskeleton, there wasn't a, 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 a metal skeleton on the inside Underneath, of the replicants. I, like the Terminator or something like that. Exactly, right? yeah. They weren't cyborg. Right, right. Huh. Interesting. So, and grief, I mean, the, uh, this movie had a lot to do with grief as well. I, I, I thought the, the part when they told them that they couldn't pull the plug on her mm-hmm. because they couldn't. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. They're and, yeah. I thought that was like, man, okay. That that's, that's one heartbreaking. Of, yeah. It was. It was so tough to watch because I cannot even imagine myself being put in a position where my loved one who I haven't seen for five years mm-hmm. and, and I finally get to see her, him, and I have to let them go immediately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if they had ended more on that kind of note that would have hit better or, you know, left, you know, it would have felt more bittersweet, but then instead they're like, Oh no, actually we're going to go up and do a whole nother act in the air where we bring her back from the dead again <laughs> and, and then kill both the parents off. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was an attempt at a happy ending. Uh, yeah. Right? I guess like, they had a chance give, to talk. But. Yeah. Let's give them a happy ending. And, it didn't work. Yeah. It but, didn't work. So in the interviews, they said that the theme, the central theme of the film was creation versus destruction. Interesting. Right? Okay. Yeah. So do you guys see that as a central theme or I don't no, know if for I me, do. It, it was, no. it was grief. Uh, the primary character. John, I agree with David. David Washington was, was his character was driven by grief. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he, that I see, I mean, there's lots of, attributable reasons, but for me, the emotional reason that he was trying to do this was to find his wife. And when, you know, when that's how they get him engaged is like, Hey, we got a, you know, a hologram video thing of, of her. Um, Mm -hmm. and he suddenly I'm in. And then when he finds, you know, that, that Alfie is, you know, this child, and then he was supposed to be a father, but, you know, so all of his, his primary motivations for me came to, to about to grief. And so the whole fate of the world is, is this guy's um, dealing with the loss of 
you know, his wife, who was his target, <laughs> right? right. Who he was right. supposed to to go right. after and kill in the first place. So Very. creation and destruction. I don't. I mean, I don't see those being played out in in a grander scheme. Maybe I'm looking too big for those, and, and maybe it's it's maybe at a smaller scale. I don't know. Do you, are you seeing that? I guess it's there. Uh, we have it's the not, destruction. Not there. Yeah, right. It's a destruction of of all the one race or another and versus the creation of this child that could maybe bring them all together in peace. But I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just thin as it as we've yeah, said. It's I, just thin. I didn't see it. I didn't see creation or destruction at all. Right. I didn't see those themes at all. Yeah. I mean, you could have told a story of, you know, possibly creating a new, a new society with stimulants and, and humans leaving, living, you know, peacefully um, could have told something like that where we're trying to you have one side. It would have been interesting because normally in this type of movie, we get the machines are trying to end humanity. Right. 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 That's the standard. And in this movie, we got humanity trying to end the machine Mm -hmm. where the machines are just trying to live their normal lives. And, you know, trying to do their thing. They're not, they're not bothering nobody. You know, right. they never, they never, they don't want any beef. They don't want any problems. They just want to chill, you know, in right. New Asia, whatever. Is but your here we have, here not ours. Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> and then you guys here we have humanity them. hunting them down where we normally right. have the opposite in these sorts of things. Right. It's always the machines who are hunting humanity to the last breath. Right. And here we have hum- humans trying to eradicate the simulants. And it doesn't matter if, other humans get caught up in the line of fire, right? So I don't, I don't, I didn't see any overarching theme theme of creation and destruction. Yeah, it could yeah, have no. been, it could have been. Too but that's grounded, not what like you said, the the plot is too grounded in in sort of real politic, yeah, uh, as opposed to big creation destruction. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any of that. Right, I didn't right. see any of that. All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we can play Spot the Tropes, and then we can read a little bit of feedback before we uh, we jump off. Cool. Okay, and we're back. All right. So while I was sitting in the theater by myself, mind you, I pulled out my phone and started writing down the names of other movies that I felt were present in some way, shape or form in the movie that I was watching. So I sort of roughly called it spot the trope. And, you know, it's not necessarily other, you know, there's lots of different kinds of tropes, but these are more about the uh, titles of films that I saw elsewhere. I think Alicia used it's a Spot the tribute. Is to spot the tribute. I picked out 16 titles that I could easily call out to see that there are plot elements or visual things that were the same. Uh, so I don't know if this sounds like a fun game or not. We can give it a try. And, uh, and I told everybody to not share each other's lists so that we weren't sort of, you know, that we'd get a sort of a real-time review. So, uh, Alicia, how many did you uh, pull up? Uh, 19. 19. John, did you, did you have a count by chance? No, I, I, I'm looking at your six, uh, 19. If I, 
if I were playing, if we were playing a team sport, I would look at the coach and say, coach, put me on the bench right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> what's happening right now, I don't need, uh, I don't got the game for this. This okay. is where I'm at. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's just get into it. Okay. All right, Alicia, I, I posted mine into the outline. I don't know How many you did you have, David? 16. Oh, my gosh. So, do you want to post yours in? Uh, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but then, okay, so we're going to, we'll see how many we have. In, I'm sure we have a good number in common. In common, you have to. Yeah. And we could just kind of breeze through these. We don't have to get too deep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, why don't you all go down my list, and then if you've got the same one, Alicia, then you can cross it off, okay. call it out, and then uh, we'll um, we'll see what's left, and then you can run through yours. Okay. So definitely got an aliens vibe at several times when they were flying around in the chopper things, and um, okay. I got Avatar. Where did I get Avatar? Was that the Avatar? Water related <laughs> stuff. Avatar. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I know what it was. It was when Alice and Janie and them were flying around in their choppers because it was like the big bad general in Avatar when he was coming with his big, um, you know, aircraft to attack the tree. Can I can I say that was more Starship Troopers? Okay, okay, well, there's a there good one. Go. That's there's a good, a good one. one. I I don't have that on there. Okay, so we're gonna put that on your list. <laughs> uh, Starship Troopers. What else did I have here? Avengers: Age of Ultron, right? With the flying base okay. thing, you know, that was cruising around in the in the atmosphere. Blade Runner, obviously. Yes, with, I know, had Blade series. Runner too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Chappie. I had Chappie huh. too. Yeah, because that the robots, uh, the the like especially the police robots, they had a very right. uh, similar vibe to that. Uh, this is an obscure film from oh, when is Dark Star sci-fi film, nineteen seventy four, about a ship that they cruise around and they blow up problem planets that are like unstable. And they have intelligent bombs. And uh, so they have this whole problem with this one bomb that short circuits and wants to keep blowing up, but they have to keep talking talking it down. Uh, it's a really bizarre film. Uh, 70, 1974, really super interesting. Okay. District 9, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Elysium, obviously. Yeah. Independence Day. Okay, I see it. Huh. There was, uh, where, where was Independence Day? And I think it was towards the end, maybe? Uh, Leon the Professional, when when the police were storming the building and uh, oh. they were holed up in the apartment, in yeah. Leon the Professional, there's all you know when no, all yeah, the cops yeah, are descending yeah. on, on the building. Yeah, Platoon, yeah. right? It had a very uh, uh, Vietnam era, War era vibe to the whole thing. Okay. okay, okay. Return of the Jedi. Why did I have Return of the Jedi in there? Because she used the Force, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Silent Running, another 70s era sci-fi movie about little walking robots and, and uh, AI stuff. Star Trek, which one when, uh, spoiler, Spock dies? Um, <laughs> Star Trek 2 or Star Trek 3 when they try to recover Everybody Spock? dies eventually. <laughs> right. And so that got into the whole thing of Maya dying and, you know, the, you know, saying goodbye. Right. And Westworld, obviously. With uh, so it's fifteen because I just had a general category for Vietnam, but okay. So uh, Westworld, yeah. 
So that's my 15. Okay. Okay. So yeah, in addition to the ones I had in common with you, uh, also AI. Oh, I didn't see that one. Okay. And Humans, uh, which also stars Gemma Chan, where... And she plays a robot who becomes, you know, a, she ends up being taken in by a family to be the sort of like nanny housekeeper. But then it turns out she has a a past and a memory that's been wiped. Cool. And obviously it's all about the line between human and artificial intelligence. Um, I mean, obviously we have to bring up Rogue One. Mm -hmm. Good call. Uh, Pinocchio, because of this whole, like, uh, I'm a real child thing. That's a really good, I didn't even think of that. That's totally in line, right? You know, am I a, am I a kid or am I a- Am I going to heaven? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That whole thing. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So 1984, just because of like the whole bombing propaganda thing and about, you know, uh, how can we dissolve love and yeah, war of the worlds, mostly because of the nomad and then Mm -hmm. just visually. Wait a minute. What do I see here? (laughs) <laughs> Wait a minute. The show Alicia. that shall not be named. Alicia. Wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm naming it. I said secret <sighs> invasion, lol. <laughs> oh. oh, no. We'll move on quickly John past that one. He's mortally wounded. <laughs> Uh, we'll move on quickly. I, I, I do will say that uh, Secret Invasion does make this look like a better movie, as does the next one on the list, uh, Oblivion, which I'd like to point out that Rotten Tomatoes in their summary calls visually striking but thinly scripted. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't think I even saw Oblivion. I, I don't even recognize it. Yeah, it's really? a 2013 Tom Cruise Tom movie. Cruise. Yeah. Uh, vaguely, I, I'm I seeing him on this pod landing pad yeah. thing. Yeah. I, yeah. Did I don't watch, watch it? Was that, that a. Watch Edge of Tomorrow instead. That's a much better Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is fun. I, I, I enjoy that a lot. Not not because, not only because I am a big. Um, who She also um, played Mary Poppins in River Jungle. Uh, yes, um, yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Now I'm suddenly the wife <sighs> of John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. Yes, I'm a big Emily Blunt fan. She was my favorite in uh, one of my very favorite movies of all time is The Devil Wears Prada. I think that's a perfect Mm. movie. Really? Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's tight. It's a. It's not. The the script is tight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, works. Okay. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So yeah, next on the list was I mentioned it earlier, Tales from the Loop, which I think both Oblivion and uh, and the creator got some visual cues from. And for anyone who's not familiar, it started as a series of books uh, from a Swedish author and illustrator named Simon Stalenhag. And it's really like, you know, I've Swedish friends that I've had, you just walk into their home and they have it uh, as art on their walls. It's, it's a really popular thing. And it was turned into a tabletop game that I've gotten to play with some friends before. And also there was a, a TV adaptation on Amazon Prime and it has just very iconic, bare, rural landscapes with like hulking machines floating over them. Very minimalistic steampunk. Yeah, I've I've always been entranced by the art uh, from Tales of the Loop. How was the uh, show? Was that any good? I mean, it, it's kind. It, it would have been better, I think, if they had gotten another season because they kind of laid some mysteries that they didn't really get to address Uh it was as you would expect from a swedish adaptation it was it was slow and uh (laughs) (laughs) and thoughtful you know Uh 
So some episodes were better than others. Overall, I liked it. You know, if if you're curious, I say give it a give it a shot. They really they put a lot of the visuals on screen, but it's it asks more questions than it has time to answer. answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always loved the visuals of of that, and uh, yeah, I did note that there is a role playing game version. So, cool. yeah, it was fun. If anyone uh, wants to give that a go, it was a good time. And yeah, ex ex machina for obvious sure. reasons. Mm. Yeah, okay. children of men, which kind of has a similar thing where you know, know there's it's uh, Clive Owen is protecting in uh, this case the only woman like who can movie. get pregnant. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Alfonso yeah. Cuarón is one of my favorite directors. Um, sounds great familiar. Movie. Great movie. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's kind of he's protecting this key to saving the world on this road trip sort of okay. thing. And yeah, The Last of Us because we've got again sure that, good one you know road trip protecting bonding right. right. But this time the, uh, they had to actually and- bond, no actual blood to cheat. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very very lone wolf and cub. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah, the Terminator movies. Oh, obviously, I, yeah. I can't believe I missed that. Um, minority three in or how many is that in one? That's like you yeah. can you can, <laughs> you can 2x, 3x your your entry there. Yeah, minority report. I guess just because of the way that uh see underneath the facade the government showing you. And yeah, iRobot for sure. obvious reasons. Yeah. Right. Good. John, what do you think about those uh Yeah, um I mean you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Guys, you guys it's a fun. We're just having some fun. You guys are great. You guys are Trying great. something. I'm new. sticking with my Starship Trooper. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're one call. on your list. <laughs> Those I think it, it, yeah, it, it's one of the things that I'm noticing that's hard for doing this one shot too is that, you know, when I saw the movie was, uh, a, oh, was it more than a week, 10 days ago, two weeks ago now till the time that we got to record? We really got to, you know, the, I think if we can shorten our time between all watching it and then recording it, I think that would really help. Yeah, but it was the time of minds. triple blessings. Yeah. It was. It, it was, was triple blessings. We are done with that now. Cool. All right. Well, that was hey. fun. I hope everybody enjoyed that a little bit. Uh, and uh, we'll see in the future if we can you know, pull something like that off again. So we got a couple pieces of feedback. We've got two emails, one from Shane L, who is our newest Patreon subscriber. And he also got the annual membership. So that's one thing that you can do is if you're interested in that, we can you can bill for a year. It makes things a little bit easier. So Shane wrote in, how was this movie made for only 80 million exclamation point question mark? Truly unbelievable. So I did a little research and I think Shane is a bit of a film buff as well. I know that they were at the New York Film Festival and posting a bunch of uh, photos on our discord from, from being there. Shane quotes a quote from the director, Gareth Edwards. I took a camera and a 1970s anamorphic lens, which is a particular kind of lens that, oh, I forget. I looked this up before and I forgot what it does now. Somebody, Alicia, can you look that up for me really quick so we can quote that properly? We went location scouting in Vietnam, Cambodia, Japan, Indonesia, Thailand, and Nepal. Our whole plan was just to go to the greatest locations in the world because the cost of a flight is way less than the cost of building a set. We're going to hopscotch around the world and shoot this film, then layer in the science fiction on top afterwards. If our film is trying to achieve something visually, it's trying to feel real in the in the terms of science fiction. Huh. Do you got something on anamorphic there? 
Yeah, it's basically um, when you shoot in a standard 35 mil millimeter film, but then kind of stretch the visuals to create a widescreen image. That's right. Yeah. So you get a, a particular look from that where you can get really wide uh, scenes without having to mm -hmm. have a big, super wide lens, which does a whole bunch of other weird stuff to it. Uh, Shane continues, he used this camera, a Sony FX3, so cool, reminded me a bit of Apocalypse Now. Sure, the story had some overplayed Chosen One plots, but the visuals are incredible. He often shot on location with natural lighting and just four crew members on set. A lot of the extras in the movies weren't even aware a film was being made. So that's pretty cool details there. I think thin on plot, but great on execution, this right. story, you know? Yeah this movie gets no i mean i definitely uh, please make more films just you know uh don't write them yourself <laughs> right get, a, get some different writing partners yeah <laughs> all right Stu, aka duve 71 one of our lore master subscribers wrote in as well Stu says hey david i've been looking forward to the creator as i follow gareth edwards since his debut with the technically and visually amazing monsters I also enjoyed Godzilla, though that story was tissue thin, a bit mm -hmm. of a theme, unfortunately. But again, his eye for an arresting image and great use of sound and music is compelling. I can't forget the scene where the paratroopers halo jump into the city through the clouds. Just stunning. So I think we got a trend going here with uh, Edwards, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Good, yeah. good visually, but uh, needs better writing partners. We all know the difficulties on Rogue One and the need for Tony Gilroy to reshoot, but I, for one, would like to have seen his full vision, which was more Dirty Dozen Heist. That's a World War II era film, uh, which is great. It's on my list of old man movies that I'm making John watch for <coughs> our second breakfast coverage. Uh, stars uh, Lee Marvin, and he takes a, a group of uh, military convicts, and they lead a, a behind-the-enemy-lines type of raid. Um, which was more Dirty Dozen Heist than Guns of Navarone, which is another classic World War II movie about blowing up some big guns, German big guns behind enemy lines. Then we got in the final film, which is among my top three Star Wars movies. So with all that in mind, I was looking forward to the creator as the trailer definitely hit my sweet spot for sci-fi, AI, robots, battle scenes, and a central mystery of the child, right? So this is where I was super excited. It had all the things that I would love in a film like this. And they did a really great job of teasing it, you know, before we actually got to the movie theater. Stu continues, without going into the film too much, that's what the one-shot pod is for. Some of the things I really loved was just the amount of world building done without ex uh, endless exposition dumps. Yeah, it was really light on exposition. Hmm. For better or worse, yeah. For <laughs> for better or worse. They just took us right into the world and they, they'd take us, I'll give the credit for that, they took us right into the story, right? Right. But they created the world visually more than, you know, yeah. explaining it to us. It's true. Stu continues, you understood the position of the West after LA was nuked. The only thing a bit underbaked was the fact that New Asia just let nomad nuke sovereign territory right. with no repercussions, only dealt with uh, by a very limp. We have no quarrel with the people, just the AI. This was a plot hole that was so big, it kind of devalued the brilliant and visually stunning scenes in New Asia that showed AI was an intrinsic part of their society. 
John, thoughts? Yeah, no. Um, the the idea that there were no repercussions were is spot on. That's absolutely true. But I stand by wanting to see more out of non-Western um, localities. Right. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to see more dynamic dynamic places and peoples, and we can show how fully invested and and how fully integrated the AI and the peoples of Asia were without having them in some sort of rural, you know, community. Yeah. Yeah. Oversimplified, over idyllic. Yeah. All right. uh, Stu continues. I was continually impressed with the lived in feel of the world and the Blade Runner-esque cityscape visuals. Edwards knows how to do big vistas and images that will stick in the brain. Agreed. Uh, He definitely has a, a, a compelling visual style. He nailed a world where AI is every day, and it was interesting. Uh, it was an interesting choice to show AI in Asia in an Asian setting, especially the spiritual aspects to reinforce that these were sentient beings, not just machines. So, slightly counter to your point there, Jean, about that. Th- I think you maybe that was intentional, right? To show. No, I know it was something. intentional. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it wasn't. No, no, you're saying it wasn't. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know it was intentional. I. I just don't like the intention. <laughs> Fair enough. The specs, the spec ops teams led by a gloriously scene chewing Alice and Janie. Yeah, she was chewing the scenery. That is for sure. <laughs> Helped drive the story on, and the actor playing the child was just right and pushed the emotional beats when needed. I did not like the crazy military guys. Bruh! You know the whole sort of screaming mm-hmm. over the top stuff. Those dudes are calm and cool and collected. They are not. Rough shot like that. I don't know. It just and it would be me. eerier if they were calm and right? calm and collected, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be much scarier. American psycho, like yeah, right. right. And that's a caricature, right? The we're playing right. again with that caricature. Right. Uh, Stu continue or wraps up. It wasn't the satisfying three course meal I was hoping for, but instead was the tasty burger <laughs> burger that will quote unquote mm-hmm. just do. Yeah, I want to great. see more of Edward's visions on the big screen. Just think he needs tip-top writer to sort out his plot issues. <laughs> Day, all right. Well, there we I go. We all agree. <laughs> yes. Uh, Alicia's tribute. I like it. Yeah. So cool. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Thanks guys for um, jumping in on this. Uh, it's more fun when there's a film that we all like to, to talk about, but I think it's, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that comes out of this film. And I think, even if we're not like singing its praises from the rap raft rafters, right? That's the word. <laughs> right. Yes, it's yeah, happened when you podcast, like, man. Your brain. Yeah. I'm like raptors. I don't know. No, that's yeah. dinosaurs. Um, well, now you've got the nomad, right? Because the nomad right. was a, a <laughs> exactly. I would at least I would tepidly recommend it. I, I would just recommend it's like watch it, but keep in mind it's you know it, you're it's for the visuals and the sound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Pick it up on a matinee on a big screen or yeah, when you've got streaming, turn out the lights and put on some earbuds or some headphones or something yeah. And, yeah. and sync into it. Oh, it'd it. be great with headphones. Yeah, yeah. for okay. sure. You have good bass. I'll probably watch it again on streaming. I probably will. I think it's, I'd like to, to sit with the visuals a little bit more. Yeah, so, so would I. Yeah, so would cool. I. 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up here real quick. Quick shout out to Properly Howard Movie Reviews, one of our affiliate podcasts. Uh, Anthony and Steve do movie reviews. And this season, they've been doing a bunch of remakes. They just did one on the 1982 John Carpenter classic, uh, The Thing. Great choice for Spooktober. I watched it. Uh, I rewatched it based on their podcast recently. It was a lot of fun. Next week, they'll be dropping The Sorcerer, a 1977 remake. And they did a bunch of stuff. The Departed, Wicker Man, Wolfman, Robocop, Dune. Alicia and I were on that Dune podcast. Mm-hmm. And they did the uh, did, did White Man Can't Jump. So it's been a hilarious season, a lot of fun. And uh, I don't did you guys, did either of you listen to The Thing podcast yet? No, nope. not not that one yet. Okay. But I, yeah, I like the movie, so I'm definitely going to listen. Yeah, it's a definitely a good movie, and it's a good uh, a good podcast for it. Alicia, you are getting back into the swing of things on Wool Shift Dust. You have plans within plans within plans. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. So that basically, the things coming up are uh, have to do with. There's going to be some cross-pod coverage on the Excellent. Fall of the House of Usher, which I love it. Uh, was just released on streaming as we record. And yeah, there's also going to be some ongoing coverage after that of uh, Beacon 23, the next Hugh, Hugh Howie adaptation to come out. And yeah, and there will also be intermittently, uh, we'll be covering the Dune things in between the other things, uh, building cool. up to whenever the release date is going to be now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did they kick it again? Well, no, it's just, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, things, things have taken a sour turn in the actor negotiations. Just as gonna of say, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if SAG after it drags out and it, they will not, I don't think that they will release Dune 2 without actors doing promo. I mean, yeah, I think if they were going to do that, they should have done that uh, when they were going to do it in November, you know, so. Right. Well, you can't have Zendaya in a film and then not have Zendaya promoting the film, right? If you're thinking yeah, from a studio so. standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to go see it regardless. It doesn't matter what, right. <laughs> you know, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya do. We're seeing it. But I think for, to get big audience like they really want, I think they right. need some star power to uh, get the word out, so. Awesome. Well, then they better start uh, negotiating again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Quick Get shout out to, to our Patreon table. lore masters. They're our top tier lore masters. Uh, they help keep the lights on and keep uh, us all, you know, happy and spiritually and financially sort of better off than we were if we didn't have them. So, uh, Samarshan, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC. Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Gareth C., Eric F., Matthew M., Sarah M., DJ Miwa, Andra B., Kwang Yu, Laura G., Deadeye Jedi Bob, Nathan T., Alex V., Aaron T., Sub-Zero, and Adrian. Woo! 32 mm-hmm. names. That is incredible. So thank you all so very much. And again, if you're interested in in supporting what we do, check us out on Patreon. Three bucks a month, you can do a seven-day free trial. You can also do an annual subscription if that works for you. And uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of uh, exclusive benefits there. We've got our second breakfast podcast. We do some live watches. We've got some uh, uh, areas on the on the Discord where folks can chat. So and we're coming up with some more things. Anyway, that's enough of that. John, Alicia, I guess we'll, uh, it's a Loki, Loki tonight, right? In about half yeah. an hour. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, At this point, too. I'm just going to stay up and watch it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks for staying up. Thank you so much, Alicia, for doing this. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. It's good fun. No, I I want to watch Loki live. And last last week, I was like dodging spoilers. Oh right, oh. right. Yes, exactly. Until you and you had um, you had some other stuff going on in your life, so you couldn't get right around to it immediately. I think. Right. Right. So. Well, I might have like I might have said. Love you, mom. I'm going to watch Loki. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you on the Loki podcast, uh, which should be out in a few days. Thanks. Good night. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.